Hello and welcome back to another episode, I believe episode 22 of My Life in Games with me on the dais. To my left is Mr. Silas. Good morning. How are you? I am well. Oh man. And then uh, to my right, we have Neutron. Good morning. How are you? Hey, morning guys. Ah, it has been a crazy couple of weeks just trying to process all of this E3 information. And if you listen to episode 21, we had quite a bit to say. It was kind of heavily weighted in the Ubisoft arena, and I can't imagine why. Um, <laughs> we're going to continue some of that E3 discussion here in a little bit. But of course, we're going to start off like we normally do, kind of getting caught up on what we've been doing over the past week. Neutron, let's start with you. What's been going on the past week and what games you've been playing? Oh, see, let's see, let's see. I'll let you guys guess. More Destiny 2. I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, been working on my... Uh, so now I've completely moved to my PC uh, version of Destiny 2. Um, left the PS4 world there. But um, grinding out my characters. Yes, last night I just finished all the side quests for one of the hunters. Um, so working my way there. Um, also started uh, the division on PC, so... Um, kind of working my way through the campaign. Um, just do that offline for a bit. Gotta make sure I know how to do everything because uh, <laughs> first few missions, man, I was struggling. I forgot how the change in the controls. So it's a little bit different compared to other uh, shooter games. Yeah. Hit that. Um, so Retro Thursdays is a thing back on my stream. So now uh, I play more of Owlboy on Thursday night. Uh, I think I'm probably hit halfway point so um i might play or stream some more outside of the thursday because it's just a good game i don't want to wait another week until my next retro night to play it so <laughs> hey whatever works um, for you man <laughs> yeah so um that's basically it i haven't really played anything else other than destiny vision um and owlboy Sometimes it's nice to have a simplified playlist for a week is, you know, again, I got to say coming out of E3 and the E3 hype is really high and you're digging deep into all of these games. And I don't know, I've, I found that I've just been focusing on destiny and division and I'm, I'm good with that. Haven't gone back to play age of empires. <laughs> At least I could say that much Silas. What have you been up to the past week? Um, as always, uh, persona five, <laughs> I'm now sitting at, um, I just ticked, uh the hundred hour mark oh man yeah so i'm pretty uh pretty well uh pretty well into it i think i want to say i've got like two more palaces until i'm done with the game so hopefully my plan is to get that done before my next game comes out which is about two weeks so i think i can do it um, we'll see what happens, but I also um, do have more game time coming because I do have some time off from, from work coming up. In fact, I'm off uh, this weekend, so I'm streaming all weekend. Uh, I'll be streaming today after the cast, of course, this evening, and then uh, tomorrow, uh, Sunday, I'm going to start uh, early in the morning. I'm going to start at 10 and run till I don't know when, but it's going to be several hours. Uh, so, yeah, not to mention my streams now are a bit upgraded because I finally fixed some flipping internet problems that I'm actually getting all of my upload speed that I'm supposed to have. Yay. So That's I can actually, I can actually use some <laughs> bandwidth. And not that my streams didn't already look good considering my limitations, but now it's better. <laughs> um, 
aside from Persona, I did pick up the base game of Destiny 2 on PC, and it is much better on PC, uh, especially when you have monitors that can handle it and the hardware to push high frames. So uh, it's nice to lock it at uh, 120 frames a second and not play it at 30. I'm, you know, uh, it's yeah. so much more buttery, smooth deliciousness. Um, <laughs> uh, and just the level of detail, it, from what I noticed, is way higher um, in the PC version. Uh, if you can, you know, have your settings up there versus uh, the console and whatnot. So it's it's almost like an entirely new experience playing it on PC as opposed to console. Um, but because I knew I was going to be doing more PC stuff coming up, because thanks to E3, aside from some, there are some games, you know, Switch and whatnot, but uh, I know I'm going to be doing more stuff on PC like Division 2 and uh, things like that. Picked myself up the new, uh, new Razer Trinity, uh, Naga Trinity. Ooh. And... It's pretty, and it works good, and it's got, like, it's very, very customizable. You can either have, it like, uh, the older Nagas with all the buttons or one of the ones, like, the Naga Hex. you got the that side panel or whatever. So depending on what games you're playing and how many extra buttons you want, um, it's all there. I almost bought the Corsair version of this because they do have one. It's just like the Naga. It's got just as many buttons, but I just didn't like how they felt because I was, I was playing with it. And uh, so I picked up the uh, this one instead. Um and I like it. Uh, I set it up. I'm still getting used to uh, more PC controls, but it did make it easier playing Destiny when I can sit there and uh, program it. So basically, you know, my left hand is just doing my movements and my right's doing everything else on the mouse, you know, from opening up my, my menus and, and all that stuff. It makes it much easier when you don't got to try to fiddle around so much. It's just remembering which pro button I programmed for what. But the more I played, I was getting more used to it. And it was nice. It was good. <laughs> <laughs> new peripheral upgrades are nice. I'm looking at a new mouse myself just because, um, I, you know, I, I play Division on PC. And when I'm streaming and I'm using an Xbox controller, all of the uh, prompts are in Xbox controller. So people think I'm playing Xbox. And then I get hassled for using a, a, uh, a controller using PC. So I'm thinking about upgrading my mouse in such a way that would allow me to do first-person shooters. So something lighter. The Naga, I've got the Razer Naga um, around the time that Star Wars The Old Republic came out. And, um, and it's been a fantastic mouse. But it is very heavy. It's geared towards MMORPGs. It feels very heavy. I think I need something light that I can flick you know, and okay. kind of get the feel for it. Well, the, Trin way. the Trinity isn't real heavy. And like I said, it does have interchangeable side plates. So if you need like more like the Naga Hex was with, you know, those buttons or even just more mouse standard with a couple extra, you can do that. Cool. Um, and what's nice is because it's got the new, uh, not Cortex, but the other, uh, the other Razer program. I don't know. Razer's got everything where, you know, your keyboard, your mouse, all that stuff. You can mess with the DPI settings and everything. So it can either be, uh, more touchy or less, so you don't got to do much. I have mine cranked up pretty high, um, and then I just adjust the in-game, you know, uh, a little bit, and then it, it comes out nice. So I don't really have to move my hand that much, and I can just, you know, for the shooters, and it's it's good. Sweet. Uh, yeah. So Let us know. Uh, keep us updated as, as you continue to use it. It'd be interesting oh, well, to well. see. Because you you know you have a, a wide array of games that you're playing too, so it'd be nice to you know, if it's working for you overall. I'll file that away. Yeah. As for me, um, Division Two has been on the brain. You know, it's hard to it's hard what? to you keep on playing <laughs> Division One, knowing that 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 sweet sweet Division Two is right around the corner. Um, it's been a lot of fun playing Division and uh, playing Destiny. I just got level fifty in um, 
dead orbit uh dead orbit or go home i'm sorry neutron but we can't be homies <laughs> your, future, your future war cult right two two cults uh you war culters <laughs> i'm all about you uh so yeah it's been destiny and division uh, but hadn't had a lot of time for anything outside of that recently because we're going through uh a lot of stream upgrades you know from from furniture to completely revamping this room here to uh, to bring new and future content so it's been lots of building uh boxes everywhere so Next week, it should be a little bit closer to the regular uh, gaming schedule and hopefully get some time to play Age of Empires 2 because that was a great game. But there you uh, go. that's it. Just kind of been easy going. Uh, but we've got some other news that we wanted to discuss together and a little bit around a game that we, we hearken back to more often than not and usually not in a very positive way. Mass Effect Andromeda. And a little interesting piece of information about Mass Effect Andromeda. And it's interesting how it ties into Anthem. Silas is going to talk a little bit about that with us. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, one of the uh, one of the devs that worked on Mass Effect Andromeda, who is also now a dev on Anthem, spoke up about, uh, you know, some thoughts about why Mass Effect Andromeda kind of flopped. And I can't say I really... I agree, but don't agree with some of the, the, just because of, uh, uh, and this article has already been spread around and you can go on YouTube and, and you can just look up, you know, Mass Effect Andromeda and reason why it failed, blah, blah, blah. And you'll see tons of YouTube hits and you can listen to someone talk about it or, or whatever. But the basic thing is he started blaming a bunch of other RPGs that came out at the same time, you know, um, or, or similar. Now, while not everything's the same style of RPG as Mass Effect Andromeda, so I'm kind of like, how exactly did that affect it? But good call, noticing that you're accepting the fact that your game came out, well, as a trash heap, and EA may never make another Mass Effect game again because of it. It did that badly. Oh, my which. Gosh. Which saddens me in, in, in that respect because I love the original Mass Effect trilogy, even Mass Effect Three. Um, Andromeda Mass I, Effect I, got Han soloed. Um, <laughs> actually, St Star Wars. Well, yeah, we'll we'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> okay. We can t we can talk about Star Wars if you want to in a minute. How, which way you were referencing the soloed? Yeah, Kylo Ren came out and just stabbed its ass. Um, <sighs> But anyway, it, it's they you know it, acknowledge it, it didn't do well, but then blaming other games that came out, some of which, while may have RPG elements, um, they're not sci-fi shooter RPGs like Mass Effect was, and he even called out Zelda Breath of the Wild. Now, excuse me, but what the hell effect did did Zelda Breath of the Wild have on Mass Effect Andromeda that wouldn't even on the same fucking platform? Yeah. How did that affect its sales? You mean to tell me that people intend instead of buying Mass Effect Andromeda for the sixty bucks it came out at, that someone was like, you know what, I'm gonna go spend three hundred on a Switch, another sixty on Zelda, and you know that pulled away from your sales because of that. I'm not sure how that. I don't know. My mind just trying to wrap around. That's a little, little lost. Um, and of course there was a variety of 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 other RPGs. I would have to look hold on real quick i will pull up well, they had the opportunity 
um, regardless, in my opinion, regardless of what other games were coming out, they had um, they had a brand that they were representing. If they were coming into it cold, and this is the very first Mass Effect game, that I would say, yeah, that had a lot to do with it. Now, from a business standpoint, I can understand other games are coming out competing for time of gamers and yes that's going to affect your your playtime maybe not as much your purchase because if i had a switch i would have bought zelda and i would have bought mass effect which i did buy mass effect so i if the terrible launch uh, did more to discourage gamers from continuing to put time into this game and play it uh considering the issues right off there the was bat, a lot then, then i would say there were competing you, you let the competition win <laughs> you yeah. let them win with a really bad release it wasn't the, your content your content could have been great uh i don't know i thought about going back and playing it but if i do it's gonna be on pc because i thought about going back because you know we do kind of have a tendency to really 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 rip on mass effect andromeda i can't help it i was very very uh hurt on that release we'll just <laughs> okay so i just got butthurt over that game all right <laughs> Because <laughs> it was just I the, the I expectations were really high, and even if, and you know, and I even tried to lower my expectations yeah. a little bit because I know trying to compete with the original trilogy was hard. So you know, I tried to keep things in perspective, but just the amount of bugs and shit that was utterly fucking broke on release. Not a day one patch, not even a fucking day thirty patch had that shit fixed. That's just no. No. Now, I had thought about going back. You know, I could probably get it really cheap on PC. Now you can get it on pretty much any platform. But if I'm going if I, if I to play it again, I'll do it on PC. You know, I'll pick it up cheap. Uh, at least that way it'll be at its most pretty and maybe reevaluate it and look at it, you know, uh, from a different perspective. See how it is now that, you know, it's been, you know, a uh, fucking like year later. And see how it is. Um, but still, trying to. Like, like Sage said, you know, they had the opportunity. They let the the competition um, win. There was a lot of other games. And those games were good. They were really good. Your game should have been good. And I think that's probably what makes it worse than anything. It's like Your game should have been fucking fantastic. We love Bioware. We love, you know, the stuff they put out and the stories they weave and, and, and all this other stuff. But it was so hard to get through that game to enjoy the story when there was so much other shit that was broke and now and this leaves us concerned for another title um that's directly connected to it anthem and um now that we have a little bit more information on on why we should be concerned it turns out that they're still using the frostbite engine yeah for anthem uh, a frostbite engine not known for its rpg friendly. mmo rpg friendly capabilities yeah yeah so that's that's definitely concerning um <laughs> i want this game to be good but i also wanted mass effect to be good so i really hope they get this right i i hope they have this figured out and i hope this is this is a good release but um it is definitely concerning um especially uh after uh <laughs> e3 um, you know, their presentation there for Anthem was not good. Their promotional material for Anthem wasn't that great. It was all the stuff you found out later, um, you know, where they got really talking about it that made you, you know, at least for me, uh, want to think more about it. Were their initial, e, uh, you know, EA's presentation for Anthem uh, sucked. Uh, 
and I wish it wouldn't have. And that was kind of a letdown. So, Neutron, does this af- affect your your hype and excitement for Anthem at this I point? I think it. I think it has. Um, it was. It, it was probably going to be a day one purchase, but now it's more of a wait and see. I don't. Hmm. I feel the wait and see as well. It and I have to say that seeing that article and and now knowing that the Frostbite engine is going to be a part of it and there's a lot of obstacles they have to overcome to make that engine work properly with an RPG. There's also been the the creative minds behind uh, Anthem that have been working on this for a long time that are exiting, that are leaving. And they have their pictures on Twitter leaving amicably. You know, maybe they're going to work on other projects, starting other studios or whatever the case is. But there's a lot of ambiguity around why they're leaving it. And there's a lot of massive talent that are leaving Bioware and the Anthem Project combined with this news article does make me very worried. And I don't see it on my pre-order list. No. I wonder if if, if the people that were leaving had find, they wanted to go one direction and now they're being pushed a separate way. Yeah. The reason why they're leaving, why they left. Uh, that's that's possible. You know, where EA is concerned, it's hard to say, right? Yeah. You know, they're not exactly voted uh, to be the the best uh, <laughs> company every year. I'll tell you what. And I got to <laughs> clarify a little bit on that too. Like Bioware, again, made one of my all time favorite games, Knights of the Old Republic, and I think they're they're absolutely fantastic. I don't feel that any of my frustration is directly towards them. It's it's the fact that they're owned by EA and Vivendi. I think that that really stifles their creative power. What they know that they need to do, they can't do it because they're run by a by the numbers business. And I'm sorry, like video games, there's a fine line between business and creativity, and you can't mix both. Like you, you can't let your business dictate all of the creativity all the time. I f- I feel like that's the struggle that maybe they're they're having right now yeah and in that regard if that is the case and, and that's highly likely it kind of it definitely makes you uh feel for the people that are working on it and you know like even mass effect and drama which again i know i bash way too much but i can't help it um, a lot of people did put a lot of time and effort into it and there is a lot of good stuff and that's another reason why i think i was upset with it because i knew that there was a lot of time and work and there is a lot of good things about that game but there was just so much bad it was just hard to wade through all that to enjoy the good part. Um, so hopefully, since I know there's going to be a little bit of a gap in my games uh, down the road here, maybe I'll, I'll pick it up and I'll go through that. Maybe I'll have a better experience um, now with it, although that still doesn't, you know, the initial release is still something. Initial releases are something y'all need to pay attention to. Those first impressions of your fucking game. Get that <laughs> shit right. It makes a difference. Um, it, matters. it matters. It matters. It does. It really and speaking does of, 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 and this is, I know something we didn't start talk about first, but there's something I want to put in here because this is kind of games when they first come out and shit being broken and series that people like. Okay. Now, there is a certain RPG series that has actually been on the PlayStation 4 for a little bit. It released toward the end of last year, uh, East 8. Okay. I love the East series. I didn't pick it up on PS4 because I just simply didn't have one at the time. And, you know, so I was thinking, you know, well, the Switch version is coming out soon. And I was like, well, it came out on PC recently. They ported it to PC. It's, you know, the Switch version just came out, I think, yesterday. Um, and then I got to digging and seeing, you know, how, who was the port directly done by Falcom or was it done by NIS or, you know, who, who did the, who did the port and what's, what's up with it? 
and there's a lot of fucking problems with the port. It plays great on if you if you get it on PS4, the experience it should be. Everything else, not so much. In fact, a lot of people who bought the day one digital version of E7 couldn't play it because there's a day one patch. But the problem is, is the day one patch breaks the beginning of the game. So they're like, well, uninstall the patch and then you can play the game card. Well, here's the problem. When you buy the digital version, it automatically install. You can't do it without the patch. So. Wow. Broken. Broken. That's bad. And that sucks. And I feel bad because for some people, that initial impression, they'll never come back or try the game again because of it being borked right off the bat, which sucks because it's probably a good game. Now I'm waiting to pick it up and, and I do, and I will play it at some point. Um, I'll either end up getting it on PS4, which I don't want to do. I want to either get it on Switch where I can take it with me or get it on PC where it's the prettiest. But unfortunately, both those versions were handled um, by NIS America, which is weird because NIS usually does a pretty good job with their shit. So I don't know what happened there. They're usually pretty good with their RPG stuff. So I don't know what the hell happened there, aside from the fact that I know that they redid the entire translation for the PC port in the in the Switch version. They like redid the whole translation and there's some other shit that they um was supposed to get improved on, but apparently you know, time and money. <laughs> um you won't find out cuz you can't <laughs> Now some people, well yeah, if you got the game card you could and the digital version might be fixed now, they might have already patched that, but I know that the initial uh people were trying to play it right away and they were pissed. I would be too. If I, if, I, mm. if I got a digital game right away and it patched day one patched and then I couldn't touch it because the patch broke the game so I couldn't get that far, just couldn't, you know, whatever the case may be, I'd be pissed. Smooth day one releases. Devs, we know that it's really, really hard. And no matter how much you plan, there's going to be something that comes up. So take it all, I guess, with a grain of salt in the sense that we're huge Bioware fans. And I think already to a certain degree fans of what Anthem could be uh, fingers crossed and knock on wood that it'll be a smooth release there's been a lot of um, hype and fandom going around not just from uh, anthem which we did see at e3 but there were other e3 things that we wanted to briefly discuss um, in continuation from our previous episode uh silas i think you're up first <laughs> well some of it was actually uh, questions for you because you were there <laughs> uh <laughs> oh, oh, but that's okay. Uh, no, because um, this is something we've talked about in in cast before. Is is our love for Sega? And I know when me when me and Neutron oh, were I love you, Sega. When, when you were there, Sega. when you were there, me and Neutron talked a little bit about Sega. You know, on the show when we didn't have you here, unfortunately, and it was just me and me and Neutron trying to run things by ourselves. Um, <laughs> but we talked about Sega a little <laughs> bit. In fact, that you know, Sega did great. Sega's been been more. Um, you know, been more active and in, in things like that. So I was really curious to see, you know, what was going on at, at E3 and stuff. And since you were there, you got to see um, the Sega stuff. So, you know, um, obviously being a Sega fan and stuff, did you actually get the chance to, to see any of the demos or play any, any of the stuff at the, at the, at the, at the Sega booths at all? Unfortunately, no, I got to walk by it, but um, it was, it was pretty heavily populated there were spawns everywhere and they, they just infinite spawns of people <laughs> but that's also good though and, it was um, that busy yeah it was really really busy there so i didn't get to do that and honestly outside of uh, a couple of the ubisoft games i didn't get to go 
outside of Ubisoft and really play anything at E3 because we just simply didn't have the time the way our morning ended up going. Um, so I, I got to walk by it and everything looked great. But keep in mind, too, there were a lot of people there. So I didn't get the up close view that I desperately wanted um, because that was <laughs> I was so excited about the Sega booth. There just wasn't time. But there was a lot of Sega stuff there. So how, I mean, how did that make you, even though you didn't get to um, get to really mess with any of the Sega stuff, how did that make you feel, though, seeing Sega have such a large presence at, at E3 and, and the fact that, again, they've, they've been doing more? Do you feel like Sega's starting to try to make some sort of a comeback, perhaps, or we're just going to see a lot more a lot more from Sega that's going to kick ass? Sega's making them money moves. Um, <laughs> at least I hope. I really hope. You know, Sega's Sega has this. I feel like now they have more of a stigma um, around their older games. You know, you think of Sega, you immediately think of Sonic the Hedgehog and stuff like that. And they've they've kind no of no more Sonic. They've kind of yeah. They've transitioned into this nostalgia perception and i feel that if they need to they want to move forward as a as a company and bring out new content and do bigger things they need to to move away from capitalizing on the nostalgia and have a bigger presence and branch out into more things they need to diversify the type of things that they're working on so um seeing the booth there and seeing them have a strong presence especially at a time when everyone at E3, I feel like this year more than ever, had a strong presence on the floor. Now, granted, I'd never been to an E3 before, but just stick with me here. Everybody was dressed to the nines as far as their booths were concerned. There was no stone left unturned, and Sega was no different. Um, so I felt, uh, as far as presence was concerned, that they they represented and that was a really good feeling because I, I still think about that Sega Dreamcast and how much I fucking loved it. And no, you know, I'm around all these other people who are like, well, PlayStation, well, you know, I'm on Nintendo. And I'm like, fuck y'all. Sega. <laughs> Sega for the win. Hey, I'm, I'm all about the underdog. So um, He had B. Yeah, I own it all. <laughs> <laughs> that asshole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I'm hoping that this is the beginning of something new and amazing. Now, would it be smart for them to break out into the console market? I don't think so. I don't think that's a smart move. They can't compete with anything out here. But can they do more with games? Can they do more with peripherals? Can they can they do more to make themselves a, a contender? Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully this is the beginning of a really big comeback because uh, Sega had a lot more original ideas and games implemented that gamers enjoyed. Uh, outside of just playing tales on Sonic the Hedgehog 3. Yeah, yeah. Um, but speaking of that, it does seem like they have kind of reached in a little bit because Sega does have other IPs. And I know you were talking about nostalgia and stuff, and I know that's main, mainly a reference to Sonic, but there is some other IPs that they've had that they just simply don't use, at least not not over here, not in the United States. <laughs> Over in Japan, yes. Here, no. When was the last time we saw a Fantasy Star game? Mm -hmm. Okay, so you know, I would love yeah. to see another one of those, and and I hope it happens because it does seem like they're bringing a lot more over here. Um, you got the new Valkyrie Chronicles game, that's Sega, that strategy RPG game that's also somewhat uh, anime ish, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, 
Of course, you also got the the Yakuza series that people actually like, and that's been getting a lot more attention over here lately. So they've been doing a lot more with that. Um, and of course, the game I pre-ordered, uh, Shining Resonance, which was a Sega game, and of course, the first Shining game to hit this side of the U.S. in ten fucking years. Oh, granted, it is a um, an upgraded version of the PS3 game Shining Resonance um, that came out in Japan, but it was never released here. Um, so it's still it's nice to see a new Shining game. When I was a big fan of the Shining series, not everybody liked Shining after because the, the Shining series game started off as a strategy tactical RPG games and transitioned into an action RPG games. Not everybody was fond of that. I stuck with the series and I enjoyed it for what it was because I enjoyed the stories and, and you know the content that that was in it. Um, and the good thing about E3 is, of course, they released a demo, although I felt the demo was really, really, really short. It's like mostly a story sequence, and you get to do a little bit of the combat with a couple of characters to tease you, and then it's like, okay, demo over. And I'm like, no, I want more. Show me more stuff. You were just getting to the good part. Let me be a dragon and shit. So, you know, um, that would have been cool, but hey, that comes out in a couple weeks. In fact, that's the next game I'm, I'm going to be streaming, and I actually switched my pre-order um, from the PS4 version to the Switch version. Now, I actually would have done a digital pre-order on that, but it does have a day one edition that has like a special like um, steelbook case and shit like that. If you get the, if you pre-order, so I'm like, okay, well, I'll get the physical copy because I get the other cool shit with it. Uh, otherwise, I probably would have went would have went digital straight up. Um, and also being a, a Sega title, it's it's great to see more Sega stuff, especially in the RPGs, because I like RPG games, especially action RPGs. So hey, I'm I'm down for it. Um, and since I actually did play both the Switch demo and the PS4 demo, and the only real difference I could see is the fact that obviously on my PS4, I upscaled to 4K because uh, I'm playing on my PS4 Pro. Outside of that, though, it played the same. So it's like, okay, well, I'll get it on the Switch and I can take it with me. And there we go. Yeah. Neutron, any thoughts on the Sega front? So I never got a chance to play any of those games. So, but um, I, I might pick up some of them. Um, looking at the list here, um, I know uh, Silas speaks high of Shining. I might give that a shot. Well, I'll be streaming it soon, so you'll you'll get to see it before you before you fiddle with it. So. <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. So I'll do that. Um, there's another. So I'm a big Amari Kart eight fan. Um, they're actually making a Sonic racing game. Team Sonic Racing game. I don't know. I haven't seen much of it, but uh, I might just give it a look. I won't necessarily buy it. It's too much Sonic. You guys got to like it's they have other games. Why are they not expanding? Why are they not expanding on the U.S. front? I think that's or or at least outside. There's such a huge presence in, in Japan. Right. But it doesn't you know fantasy star is still running over there yeah fantasy star online 2 is still there in fact fantasy star online 2 oh, wow. is coming to the fucking switch in japan so what in japan huge <laughs> fans like we get huge fans i was a sega kid since master system since their very first console and they had me spending money like parents were buying all like there's huge fans of sega here please please more than just a Sonic Heroes. Like, if I want to feel nostalgia, I'll go and pick up Mario Kart or something like that. But, like, you guys have got so much more to offer than just, you know, another Sonic racing game, which is really just a Mario Kart clone. And I get it, but I'm not going to go and get that. I want the serious RPG feel. And, I, and like, Fantasy Star was ahead of its time. 
because there's still great elements in that that we were playing, especially after version two released, that RPGs are using nowadays that we really didn't see back then with RPGs at the time. So it was ahead of its time. I'd love to see what they do with you know a more current view on how to handle an RPG world. So something new, let's do it. You know, Bioware's doing Anthem. You guys got a great opportunity to do your own huge MMO RPG. Do it, or something that's not Sonic. Yes. Yeah, it sounds like they're just <clears throat> trying to make some buzz around Sega with all these new, all these ports. Well, so, so, well, some are ports, and Valkyrie Chronicles is actually a newer IP for them, and they're actually it's it's a sequel. Oh. So at least they're doing something with that. So there there is there is more, but I think how much they do is going to depend on how well these these games do and of course um yakuza that series uh we only got very little over here but lately we've been getting all of it like there we've been seeing a lot more like yakuza's gotten a much bigger fan base here so that's helped because that's um you know i don't know for some reason parts of yakuza remind me of like early shenmue I know that there's like some similarities in there. I mean, obviously Yakuza is a lot more ass kicking and stuff in there, but <laughs> where you could, mm. where uh, Shemu was a little bit more on the story side, but still Yakuza's are, uh, games were, were fun, you know, part fighter, part RPG and uh, good, good amount of fun. Uh, so it, it's good to see that. Uh, and, and I'm with Sage. I would still like to see Sega make a brand new IP, but I'd also like to see them bring some fantasy star here, even if it happens to be fantasy star online three or universe two, I don't care. So, sci-fi space action rpg where are you oh that's right you're in japan mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> maybe i should just in a big way maybe, maybe i should just learn japanese and just solve the problem i mean the amount of time i've been waiting for fantasy star online too i could probably be really good at japanese if i would have put <laughs> those, those years into, into <laughs> learning japanese that just wouldn't be a problem you know <laughs> and then no more english mods for your quest lines that would be that would be a great step in the right direction. <laughs> PlayStation VR was uh, something else that had a bit of buzz around it. And Neutron is going to talk a little bit about that. So leading up to E3, uh, PlayStation was announcing a handful of games. Uh, there were three PSVR games that they showed. Um, and I think uh, they had like their own separate segment for PS. They did. Like they had a like a trailer, so they weren't as big of a presence in the main show this year. Um, I'm I'm a little worried about that. It might um it might mean that they're uh, not putting as many resources anymore on the VR front overall, and not just PSVR, but um, you know, on Oculus and the Rift. Um, but there is a, a good amount is. I think they had 14 demos at E3. Um, a few of them that I'm interested on um, would be so Beat Saber came out on uh, PC, the uh, other uh, PC versions, and it's a lot of fun. So I'm glad that they made a port over for the uh, PSVR. Um, Firewall Zero Hour is, is a 4v4 tactical shooter game. Uh, which I'm pretty interested in. It's using the PSVR aim controller, which is an awesome peripheral. Like, um, and I might pick that up. I think that comes out in August. Um, I am excited and a little worried. I'm not sure how how uh, how well the uh, community will like it. Multiplayer games on VR are a little hard. Like, I think they there's an initial 
uh, hype and then they just kind of drop off and, and you lose players. Um, I, uh, one of my buddies noticed that over on PC, but I'm still excited. Um, and there is, um, let's see, there's a Tetris effect game. It's more visually, if you like Tetris, I'm, I'm not going to buy that one. Mm, no. Um, another game that looks interesting, um, I think, Bayesian. But no, um, there's a good list uh, of games, but I'm excited and I'm a little worried. Um, the presence has gone down uh, this year at E3, um, but I do definitely want to see more games that utilize the PSVR controller. What about you guys? Did you have any uh, comments, interests? I know there's a recent bundle. Uh, it's being it's becoming more affordable to con- the, obtain the PSVR. Yeah, the uh, Skyrim bundle dropped to two fifty. That's with the whole VR mm-hmm. setup plus uh, the uh, Skyrim VR, and you know why not? It's Skyrim. It's on fucking everything. I mean, hey, <laughs> I have a confession to make. Oh, what's up? We bought the Amazon Alexa a couple of weeks ago. And if you didn't know, you can install, I think we talked about this, (laughs) you can install Skyrim on there. And what happens is is you end up going through this Oregon trail, uh, except Alexa gives you, you know, audio cues. And uh, would you like to cast spell, Uh, use weapon, shout, or flee? And then you tell it what you want to do and it gives you it's really tongue-in-cheek it jokes back and forth with you about the convenience of starting in uh in a delve and then ending up right at the beginning of the delve and hopping over <laughs> you know you always could do this circle so it's very tongue-in-cheek it makes fun of itself and it's a lot of fun and there's actually some story cues that happen as you gain uh, levels and so i've been playing that while i make dinner and <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm like level 13 now. Oh my god! So you've been putting in some. I've time. been playing it a lot. Actually, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot. I of can just fun see it now in the in the way. bathroom. You know, in between the bathroom noises, kill this, that, and the other. <laughs> Alexa, <laughs> use spell. What was that? Use the spell, damn you! Use the spell. You got killed by a drogger. Damn it! Did you eat There's- all the cheese though? <laughs> I did eat all the cheese. Cheese, <laughs> cheese heals you. You need that cheese. This this cheese has been in here for a millennia. Are you sure you want to eat this? Hell yeah. <laughs> you are sick with dysentery. Uh, so yeah, that's been a lot of fun. Speaking of Skyrim, and I wouldn't be opposed to picking it up on VR. To be honest with you, just a game that I've got so many hours and comfortable with. I got to try a little VR with one of the like professional VR sets and a battery pack you put on and everything and um and uh, they had a little um a box set up that uh, coincides with the vr so you're walking around inside this box and everything that you're seeing you know coincides so if you want to get up against the wall as you're going around a ledge you can do that and uh you know it interacts with you and i'll admit that it didn't not only did it not make me sick but it made me feel really good about the direction that they're going with vr as you know We've had discussions like this about virtual reality, and it's got a ways to go. This is probably, this one felt the best that it's ever felt, but this was not a consumer set. Uh, And it it still remains far out of reach for the average consumer to be able to enjoy on a budget. 
Yeah, if you don't have a budget, so you for can- two hundred and fifty bucks for Skyrim on PlayStation, I'm tempted. Yeah, but here here's the thing though: mm. if you have a powerful PC, you can get the Oculus or HTC Five. Although I'd probably get the Oculus, save a little bit of money, about the same amount of resolution, and still way more resolution than the PSVR. Uh, the PSVR's resolution is lower than either of those, and that's just one screen where the Oculus or HTC Vive is a screen per eye. Not to mention, if you have uh, you know decent uh, decent rig, you're going to get uh, better frames, so <laughs> which yeah. will help with your uh, nausea problem. Uh, when the frame yeah. lights are low, that's part of what causes causes that issue. Um, and I've actually looked into VR a little bit because, again, I was curious. I thought about it. I saw that bundle. I was like, ooh, maybe. I got the PS4 Pro, maybe. And that's still something I may look at. I don't know. But I, for me, I just feel like I already have a, a PC that can do VR. So I could just get the Oculus, spend a little bit more, get the Oculus Rift, and um, I would have a better experience. And I can get all the same games, basically. And then some. There's like a way, way, way bigger list of VR games on PC. And for those games that aren't VR, there's actually some programs that will help bring certain games like Borderlands and Borderlands 2 into VR, which to me would be great games to play in VR just because they already have that kind of like hollow setup for your menus and stuff. So I'd figured that would transition pretty well. Um, You know, and just in some other things, plus, you know, future stuff coming up. Uh, where you're kind of worried about where the direction of VR is. Um, it seems like on PC, VR is doing better. Um, in fact, HTC released a pro version of their new headset, which is much more expensive. That setup is closer to about 700 bucks. Yeah. But the resolution is like super high and, and all this other stuff. So I have a feeling that they've, they wouldn't be putting that much money into it if there wasn't some other stuff coming in the pipeline that would actually use all of that so i'm in in that sense it's it's good and eventually you know a headset with that much will will come down in price plus if you don't want to spend a lot and you want something cheaper you could do the windows mixed reality headsets which are closer to like what a sony uh like what a psvr costs uh, still a little bit higher resolution um you can't do quite as much as you can with like an oculus or an htc5 but they will tap into like um, there's an add-on you can do to where it'll do any of the like the Steam VR section, so you can do like a lot of the VR games that are on Steam and not have to spend as much. You know, you can go the cheaper route and just get the the Windows Mixed Reality headset, and there you go. Plus, then you get your whole desktop and VR and all that other stuff. If if it's something where it's, you want to kind of see what it is and fiddle with it, but you don't want to have so much of a dedicated setup. Plus, the Mixed Reality headsets don't you don't need nearly as much PC power again because they're not pushing as much uh, resolution, but it's still higher than the PSVR. I was, I was looking at some of them specs. I was actually kind of like, wow, because I've used a PSVR. A friend of mine had it. I uh, didn't use it for long. In fact, I thought about maybe giving it another go again because that bundle was cheap. I was like, yeah, Skyrim VR. Yeah, if you've already got the PS4 Pro, it's that's a pretty easy port to make. But if you've already got a gaming PC. Yeah, and, and, you, and they have um, Skyrim. That's you know, probably the place to take it. And there is Skyrim it. VR yeah. on PC. And if you get the HTC Vive, you, you can do Fallout VR on PC. For those who are Fallout fans. VR to your heart's content. You know. um, Was there anything else on the VR front, um, Neutron? So I did learn there is, you mentioned mixed reality. There is a software on Steam called Live, L-I-V, where it uses, um, there's a a certain list of games that you can use it with, but it would have like a, uh, a camera behind you and it actually positions 
how you're playing into a display. Nice. So you can have like a third person view of what you're playing on VR. I saw videos of people doing Beat Saber and you can see the person holding the controllers and the little lights and blades are showing up on the screen. Um, so I was curious if, if um, PlayStation was working on something similar. I found an article that mentioned that they're um, messing around uh, with broadcasting. So maybe using their broadcasting uh, tool to kind of get some kind of mixed reality um, on it. So I'm curious if that might be something that they're working on might show up in the next PlayStation. I don't know. That'd be really you cool. You know what would sell me on VR? Give me a Star Wars VR. I will buy it. <laughs> give me a good Star Wars game in VR, <clears throat> and I, I I will fucking do it. Give me give me KOTOR. Give me a new KOTOR game in VR. Silas will fucking pay your money. He will throw money at you and buy your shit. <laughs> so uh, I know you guys are huge uh, Star Wars fans. Well, the only reason I got Battlefront 2. Oh, one. the first one. Was to do oh, the, right. the VR mission. How, how yeah. was the VR? It was like eight bucks, dude. It's so fun. <laughs> I want more of that. Like what they did there, that mission. If they could create a whole game, I'm fucking sold. Let's do it. Yeah, the VR has got a lot of promise, and I think um, the industry is watching it very closely to see where it goes. As soon as it becomes more affordable for anybody to obtain. Um, yeah. that'll be the time to hop on and you're going to see developers making some tremendous games for it. And then, and then ports of our old favorite games too. I wouldn't mind playing Knights of the Old Republic in VR. I think that would be really cool. Oh yeah. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Fantasy star in VR. Damn so, it. <laughs> yeah. Fantasy star in VR would be fantastic. It is something with crafting, a really nifty crafting system would be cool too. Um, last, but not least, certainly one of our favorite, uh, portions of the show is to discuss what we've been watching in the anime front. And to start us off with that, we're going to look to Mr. Neutron. What's going on with the animes? Oh man, so much. So much on. animo. So, <laughs> um, I mean, same as previous uh, uh, episodes, I've been uh, still watching GGO, Boruto, Food Wars, My Hero, Academia, and Darling. Thanks, which I think Food Wars... Season three ended last week. I didn't watch that Did episode it. yet. I've got some catching up to do. Yeah, so the uh, episode 24, they usually last about 24 yeah. episodes. And um, I was not expecting it to end the way it, it well, like kind of in the middle of a competition. So I'm, I'm curious, do they have season four almost ready to continue or do we have to wait another year? I, I'm not sure. But it was a good, good, good episode. Not, not giving that. But I want more. Damn it! I want more. <laughs> it's a great show. Um, on Boruto's side, it's getting way better. Sage, way better. Yes. Just, okay. Just, All right. No, no. Let me just it. tell you. Let me just tell you. Lay it on me. Boruto, Boruto finally realizes how bi- a badass his dad is, and that's changing his mindset. So. Oh really. Ex- expect less of the whiny bitch Boruto <laughs> future episodes. They needed to do some of it. Like you could have done anything with his personality, but to turn him into that, like it just immediately turned me off. Come on, with it, with his mom and dad, Naruto and Hanada. Come on, you can't. They couldn't possibly physically make a kid like that. <laughs> the two of the most humble, 
Like, well, he's not humble when it comes to battle, but you know, he came from nowhere and he never forgot where he came from. And then you've, you've got this kid that's like, I get the setting, but I just don't think genetically it's possible. They could have made <laughs> a little shit kid as bad as Baruto is. I don't know. They're, they're, but, they're, hey. they're, that does ha- that can happen in real life. You have some really nice parents and their kids are fucking terror from I, hell. I would have preferred it a different way, but that's, that's good to hear. Maybe I need to try episode one again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only thing I, I don't know if you've noticed but lately anime films like based on kind of like dragon ball and here a lot of that film was put into the season like episodes in the season well the the boruto film is actually picks up um around episode 60 that's when they have the tuning exams and it goes to its arc well we're in the middle of that part so i already know what's going to happen i haven't i'm not reading the manga so i haven't gone even further but um but no uh looks like boruto's turning uh turning up. good Growing up turning a, a leaf in the leaf village <laughs> yeah. a little bit of foliage <laughs> happening there <laughs> but no uh exciting stuff for boruto i i got my buddy ecliptic sucked on it on it now so wow you got ecliptics to watch it damn yeah he's he watched from the beginning of, of naruto he's going through the middle of shippuden that guy has mm. been binging so much uh, it's ridiculous nice <laughs> then shippuden is a rough one too because that begins the what the wifey and i call now when we watch anime that goes way too long and deep into side stories getting naruto'd <laughs> which is which I want to say is just like getting bleached. Because <laughs> bleach did the same yeah, damn bleach thing. Fucking, yeah. Gets a little too lost. So, all right. Yeah. They, um, let's see. I haven't seen the episode uh, this morning of My Hero Academia. I've watched uh, it either. Or, or Darling yeah. for whatever today's is. I watched last week's though. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Darling is it's almost I think today's episode I think is a, I think today's episode is the last one I think for Darling. Yeah, I think Darling they usually comes out Sundays um but um they're they're towards the end of the season. Yeah, I, th- I think this is the last episode coming up. Um Sword Art Online Alternative GGO was kind of a letdown. I don't know how many episodes are left. But it, it does not capture me as much as the main story. Of, it's I had a feeling about it's, that. It's it's okay, but it's definitely like it's different. But at the same time, like they're they reference a lot of stuff that happened, um, in the main, in the main, uh, in the main uh, universe. I guess you could say, or you know, previous. You know that there's different things that that happened. I've I've been keeping up with it. Um, maybe because I'm a dude. <laughs> not to get all like sexist or anything but some stuff is just more uh more toward guys and some stuff is more toward women or, or whatever sometimes you just have a specific target audience and maybe maybe that target audience isn't me um mm. it's not bad it's not a bad watch um i'd probably be more you know if if you know if i had you know uh, a girlfriend right now and then she was over she's like hey you know that's that's the anime I'm into. yeah I'll, I'll, I'll watch it you know um i still watch it anyway but maybe i'd be a little bit more into it um it is nice to see some of the side stuff so maybe there's something they have planned with an actual mainline next sword art where it's going to tie in somewhere at least that's what i'm hoping for but it's not the first anime i'm going to pick if i have multiple to watch that day to catch up on uh 
sort of our, you know, uh, the alternative is the one I'm going to choose to watch later, uh, <laughs> yeah. as, as, as opposed to that. Um, cause I've been watching other things, um, not just on Crunchyroll, but on Hulu and, uh, Amazon as well. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I know I, I've told you about some of the ones on, on Amazon. I've been keeping up with Beatless, which is, is overall pretty good, but it's similar to a lot of other anime. So sometimes it gets a little bit like, eh, not always my first choice, but it, it's not bad. That's coming to a close. And, um, the one that has been more interesting though, is, um, what is it? Was it, uh, uh, love is hard for our otaku. Have you started watching that yet? No, but I do have it on my list. So. <laughs> now that's funny. You need to watch that. That's that's got my interest more just because of uh, uh more of the comedy factor and some of it's just like there's people I know that I can picture and that's what's scary. <laughs> 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 so, you know, that was that was that was very uh very entertaining. I like that one. Um so, you know, that's an Amazon one that's I like where that's going. Um on Hulu I've just been catching up on, on older stuff, of course. Um I'm still watching um Oh shit! What was it? God, I, I had to actually pull it up and look at it. <laughs> so many. Um, oh, I I am in the middle of Log Horizon. Oh yes, Log Horizon. I really I really like it. So far, I'm on like episode eight. Okay, yeah, wait, yeah, really good. Yeah, Log Log Horizon's actually actually really good if you if you need something to kind of take the place of like Sword Art or something. Uh, it's got that kind of a feels. It's it's I like it. Oh, oh yeah, that's one of the enemies I was watching. Of course, this was on Crunchyroll. Uh, I've been keeping up with Black Clover, which is pretty good. Um, but that's got definitely got more of a long term thing. Kind of reminds me of uh, if you ever watched Fairy Tale. It's kind of like a long, like you know, so, uh, that's kind of like what it reminds me of a little bit. Um, so, but I've been enjoying that, and yeah. So I think that kind of covers where I've been at. Other than a couple, like I said, there's a couple on, on Hulu. I I can't quite remember. I did kind of i was watching um prison school while i was on my breaks at work and that might not have been a good idea because <laughs> whoa i meant granted uh it is uh kind of censored but still <laughs> i was like okay so the wrong person <laughs> looks over my shoulder while i'm on break they're gonna think some <laughs> they're gonna be like wow this dude's fucked up <laughs> He's got some problems. <laughs> um, uh, that was entertaining. I um, I get the comedy in it. Not everybody would. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the, it's it's but it's definitely uh, you want to get a good laugh because it definitely makes fun of a few things. Um, that one's definitely worth uh, worth watching. Cool. I wish I had something to update as far as anime is concerned. I'm still getting back in the groove routine of things. Yeah. So, yeah getting into a groove uh but uh, definitely got to catch up on hero gotta definitely catch up on food wars and haven't started darling but we we want to we've had a couple other recommendations from some folks in the community so uh i have a feeling over this next week as we're getting through our boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff that uh we'll be having some anime here to update over the next podcast but i think that was it for today gentlemen was there anything else to add yes season three attack on titan is coming back this oh. summer releases of anime neutron we should have opened with that that's awesome <laughs> yes it's about time they've been egging us on for what feels like five years Oh, wait a minute. Has it been five years? Yeah, because it took a long time to get the last season out. And and that was only like a half season that they did. 
So Hint. yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Attack yeah. on and Titan. So they're actually um, one of my friends from work uh, mentioned that they're doing like a, uh, a season opener at the movie theaters. They'll have like a film for season two kind of wrap up, and then they'll show the first episode of season three. Um, but no, the uh, Crunchyroll summer list looks like uh, very interesting. So anything else we need to know on there before we wrap this up? I mean, um, let me let me check. Let me check. That was a uh, big one. <laughs> um the other ones i'm not very familiar with um but i will definitely uh keep you updated cool all right we're gonna call it here check in again with this in two weeks we'll have episode 23 up in the meantime have a wonderful week and we'll see you soon say goodbye everybody see ya bye we would like to thank everyone who took the time to listen to our podcast if you'd like to hear more, you can follow us on Twitter at Silas and Sage for upcoming releases, as well as links to our previous shows on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. This has been My Life in Games with Silas and Sage, and we'll see you in two weeks.